0: 3 we're live well i feel like he always inter- interrupts like i'm waiting to say something and but hey how's it going everybody welcome to another edition of overtime which again is our weekly podcast where we just get to do a deeper dive into the weekend message. Uh, This week we are continuing our series in the Gospel of Luke. Pretty excited for that. And Jesus arrives this week. We've made it into Luke chapter 2. So that is exciting, my friends. It's only been six weeks? This is week 7. Yeah, Week 7, we finally got there. But uh, before we jump into that, we do want to draw your attention to a couple different things. Um, Kind of the primary thing that we want to let you know about is that Starting this past week on Thursdays, so I'm not sure what time you're, you're watching or listening to this, but on Thursdays at 8 o'clock in the evening, we are starting to do a weekly vision update. It's a way for us to be able to communicate and talk to you about what's happening in the church. As you know, with COVID and then post-COVID and figuring out all of these different elements, um, there's a lot to talk about on a weekly basis. We don't want to cram that in on a on a weekend service because we really want to leave that time for discussing the Bible and God's Word. But we do want to communicate well with you, our church family. So, Thursdays at 8 o'clock in the evening on our website, clcfamily.church, you can find our weekly vision updates. So there's, watch a, live. Yeah, there's a watch live tab on there. All you got to do is click there. It'll show up there. In fact, there's even a place where if you don't catch it live, you can watch it on demand then. Mm-hmm. That's on our website. It's as well. just clcfamily.church yeah. yeah. forward we, slash vision. Yeah. And we are working through a lot of different things right now. We're in conversations about hopefully opening up the building in the next couple of weeks and what that entails for the CLC learning hub, something in new initiative that we started, which I don't want to get into right now, but you can find out information from that weekly uh, video. Also, like the big yellow mug, hey, we, we eventually are going to open that up. What does that look like? That might change up from what it was to what it will be. Um, what other uh, just weekly things we've got movies we've got there's a lot of moving parts in this so yeah. it's our best way for you to stay involved so Thursdays at 8pm would love for you to join us either live or if you can't do it live then you can do it on demand
1: yeah so we have the newsletter comes out every Friday yep. if uh, you're not getting that drop your email address yeah. in the Facebook message if that's why you're watching it or text us, 610 yeah. 869 You can just give us the email address there or email in info at clcfamily.church. We want to make sure you get that. But what that is is more the uh, the the what's going on, right? Yeah. Here's what movie we're showing. Here's what's happening this weekend. Here's what's happening in two weeks, right? That's the that's the what. Now, uh, what the vision update is is really explaining the why behind the what. Like, yeah, why in the world would. do we have movies? Why in the world have we not opened up? And why in the world would we own up? Right. Why, why would we open up The Big Yellow Mug? And... So if if uh, the Friday or the newsletter is about the the what, then this is about the why and also the how. How are yeah. we going about making these decisions? How we can how you can get involved? All those kind of things. So that'd be a really good thing. And um, I do that one live or, or we play it live um, from my study at home, so you can get a peek into my other goodies. These are all my old cameras here at the church, but there I have all my Hot Wheels cars and all the books, <laughs> and so you get to peek into my. My, my study at home and so you should do that i think i'm going to use a different background of all the hot wheels cars this week so tune in 8 p.m
0: yeah so we'd love for you to do that uh we're pretty nimble and quick around here so we don't always get to explain the why so i think that this is a great thing for us to do um because it, it, from the outside looking in we do move pretty quickly and, but there's always a discussion about the why. Like yeah. we are always working through that. We're always processing that. We're always kind of having internal dialogues and conversations about that. So this kind of gives you a yeah, peek yeah. behind the curtain of the vision part of it. What we hope is that over time gives you kind of a peek behind the weekend service and the message. Mm-hmm. But this will give you kind of a peek <laughs> yep. behind the vision. So I'd love for you to yeah, join yeah. us again Thursdays. On our website, CLCFamily.Church at 8 p.m. So, Four
1: minutes in, we're ready to go. We're nice ready. Job.
0: So announcements are over; those are done with. So we jumped into Luke chapter two this week, which is uh, pretty, pretty uh, <laughs> familiar passage. But I appreciated the the approach that you kind of took with that. This Thanks, past Ben. Week. So that's nice of you. That felt so disingenuous, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I forget what I was even saying now. You at this appreciate
1: you appreciating how I did that. Oh yeah. yeah what did you yeah, appreciate yeah. the most about it? Uh,
0: you know what? I just uh, you, I think I've said this before, but I'm really liking working through Luke slowly and going. Okay, Luke was a real person who set out to investigate, and this is the story that he compiled. And so you talked about kind of the historical, the political, the prophetical, like all of these different things. And I want to dive into yeah. those and kind of discuss those a little bit more. But can you give us just an overview of what we talked about? And again, I would like to remind you, our listeners, this is kind of 2. part two, two yeah, 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 part yeah. two, two point one or however those letters and numbers work. I don't know. But this is part two. If you didn't watch our message, now's a great time. clcfamily.church slash media. And you can find it there. And you can so, come back and listen to this. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
1: So simple. Here's the big idea. He is, he's not, but he wants us to be. Yeah. You know, that is kind of, uh, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. But um, what we see here is in the first seven verses, there's so much and oh, it's so nuanced. And I hope you fall in love with the Bible because mm-hmm. it is amazing. And this isn't just like as this, you know, Bible nerd who does this for a living. It's like, it's so living and active and timeless and timely. There's just so much going on. And Luke is so pithy, meaning he yeah. he, he he's concise with his ink, right? Because yeah, right. And, yeah, there's so much concision, like, like almost like he's a, a surgeon or something, yeah, right? right. Like, you know, that's because he is, right? A medical doctor. Like, there's so much precision, like, and so calculated. Yeah. And there's so much nuance in every single verse. So we got uh, seven seven verses and, I don't know, nine points, you know? And so the, the big idea of this whole thing, though, is we just kind of walk through all the stuff that Luke is helping us understand so that we can have certainty. Right. Historically, all those kind of things kind of playing out. To get to the point, finally, where Jesus arrives, which is, guys, absurdly significant, right? This, This moment is what changes this worldview from every other worldview, right? Yeah. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Climb the ladder, read the books, you know, eat the food, pray the prayers, right? Religion is man's attempt to get to God or become your own God, right? Even if you're an atheist, really what we're talking about is you being the god of your own universe, like, yeah. not like dogmatic. Or I mean, I don't blame you. If you don't believe in God, why in the world would you follow any of these rules? You just go. Here's my kingdom. I'm. I got to be the king of my kingdom. I got to be the king of my family. I just got to take care of my own. Each you know, to my, of my own. It makes sense that you do that. So religion, or just every purpose worldview, is either to try to appease God or become your own God. And what's so beautiful about Christianity? Go study them all if you want to. There is no other religion out there where. God does all the work. It's just so crazy. If religion is man's attempt to get to God, then Christianity, you've got to hear this, is God's perfect attempt to reconcile himself to man. He literally does all the work. And that's why I love that, um Yeah, Philip Yancey and Jesus, uh, uh, the Jesus I never knew. He kind of, one of the the, the neat little uh, analogy he, he uses is being like a caretaker of fish, right? Yeah. So he looked at these fish and imagined every day he comes over and, you know, there's like this shadow, and I, don't, I couldn't share this on Sunday. So don't have time, but um, so he comes over to feed them. But every time he comes over, these fish go and hide in the caves and right. local, because I think this is some big scary enemy. And he kept thinking, how in the world can I help them understand? I'm the one who cleans their tank. I'm the one who does all the work. They only have sustenance because of me, right? But they always cower every time, and like he could, he could not communicate to them. Uh, uh how much he loved them what kind of like that he took care of them that he was their provider and their source of life right couldn't do that and he surmised that the only way by which he could have communicated that is if somehow he could put on a body, like a Mm -hmm. a, a fish body, right? Somehow he could have grown scales and actually got into the middle of the tank and swam amongst them to show how much he cared, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the story of Christianity, right? The Old Testament is we see that we cannot fix ourselves. And the reality is if you view God, if you believe there's a God, you're suspicious of whether or not he's good or loving or if he's angry with you every time you mess up, kind of like he's just lingering over the fish tank. And so God goes, how in the world can I show them how much I love them? And he makes all these promises that one day I'll do that. And then there's this fulfillment. That's why you have to see the scriptures, promise and fulfillment. And in the fulfillment, Jesus steps on this planet, puts on human flesh. And we finally see that in this moment in Luke chapter 2. So everything leading up to this point, the whole Old Testament and Luke chapter 1 are all about reminding people that there is a promise and there's a way that you could have had a kind of your... um, R- reticular activation system kind of you know engaged like you know your radar go up Going, how do i know if god is real and he, if he's going to fulfill this and he said you'll know old testament there'll be this son this child to be born of a mm. virgin there'd be a child who was going to strike the head of the enemy and he's going to be born to the offspring right yeah. he was going to come from a place in bethlehem so all these prophetical statements the old testament finally are being fulfilled. Yeah. in this moment in Jesus and there's so much to consider there, but the big things are this. The reason it's spectacular is cuz he's like us, right? He he has our experiences. He knows what it's like to be worried about disease. He knows what it's like to worry about food and you know, clothing and I mean, his reputation and whether or not people are going to hurt him. <laughs> he literally gets murdered for these things, right? Like so he uh, he, he has our experiences and knows us like. So he's like us. That's really important. We see this in the scriptures and this theological understanding that he is like us. He is a baby like us. He pooped in his diaper like you did, right? Like those kind of things. So crazy to think about. He cried. He felt abandoned by God. He had his friends betray him. Like all the things that all of us have experienced, he understands fully and he weeps with it, right? We see that in the scriptures. And yet... He's like us, but he's not like us. He can actually do something about it, right? At some point in our growing up, we just got to stop complaining. We go to our friends, we complain, and they just go, Oh, yeah, your life's difficult. Man, That must be terrible. And they show us empathy. And what it actually does for us is it actually gives us this... this indignation like yeah my life does suck or (laughs) uh, stinks sorry uh, uh, sorry about that Uh, um so there's that kind of thing right and so at some point it's really neat that he's like us but if he's just like us and he's handcuffed like we're handcuffed Mm -hmm. we can't fix all of our problems we can't snap our fingers and make covid go away or we can't snap our fingers and your kids get to actually go into a classroom and you finally get to take a deep breath like He's, he's like us, but he's not like us. In other words, he can actually solve this because he's God, right? So he's this hypostatic union. You can Google that term right now, this idea that somehow God manages to be fully man and fully God at the same time. So he's like us. That's really good. He understands us and can ex- understand our experiences. But he's not like us, meaning he can do something about us. And even better than that, He wants us to become like him. So not only can he solve the problems for us, he can then, he tells us this, he's the way, the truth, and life, and then he can lead us into the way, as the scriptures say, in the way of everlasting. Meaning we get to walk in the glory of becoming like him, seeing the world the way he sees it, caring for people the way that he cares Mm -hmm. for people. We know this. We know this completely, right? In someone's funeral, what we know is the measure of a person is not how much they had; mm-hmm. it's how much they gave away, mm-hmm. right? It's just you know that. So for t- even trying to define effectiveness in life, people want to leave their legacy. Uh, you know, libraries named after them. How we define a person at their funeral, when people could have those, right? Is that we would we would talk about all the things they in service, not, man, they had a nice car. Boy, they had a big house. They had the best pool, right? It wasn't those things. It was, man, like, we define people by their legacy of how much they gave away. And so Jesus invites us into that journey, and he invites us into it. So the big idea is he's not, he is, We, we can under, he understands us, he's not, he can solve our problems, and he wants us to be, meaning we can live that life now in the way that we do that as we turn our affection and our attention and our worship To Jesus because the big understanding and you would we could talk about it and I think maybe you wouldn't agree with it in the beginning but the more we work through it I think we all come to the conclusion we become what we worship right we become what we worship if we worship money we're gonna spend all of our time looking at our checkbook right and all those kind of things and we're gonna spend all of our energy and time trying to create more of that if we worship power we're gonna do whatever we can to get up the ladder and have the most control if we worship you know um, sex we're gonna spend all of our time and energy trying to look at gain get whatever it is we can in that right if we worship our you know our performance we're going to focus all of our time at work and so much of our damage in life has been because of the things we have worshipped have actually uh, had led us to a place that lacks integrity meaning an integer a whole person because your focus is just in one area and the rest of the areas are negated Mm -hmm. and so Jesus was a whole person filled with integrity and he invites us to do that the way we do that is put our affection and attention towards him Mm -hmm. so that's the beginning of what Luke's going to start showing us in this uh, fulfillment of all the promises
0: yeah so a couple of thoughts on that one of the things that you did over the weekend is you kind of teased this out like you said the big idea he is yeah, part, he's not I mean, yeah. and he wants us to be but then you tease that out towards the end Yeah. is that something like I don't know I found myself leaning in going oh man what's, what's he talking about I don't know like, like it's don't kind of me. kind of like a hook is that is that intentional is I that, don't that don't more know. like um, don't give me too much credit on
1: this stuff like uh, so I'll tell you let me just Gonna let you appear behind the scenes a whole bunch, you know. Um I like of, I like to preach and appreciate preaching and I do it kind of the same way all the time and it's usually linear. Well, there's lots of points, but it's almost going I'm just we're going on a journey and I'm just gonna walk you through it and try right. to walk alongside you to get to a certain spot, right? right. So there's always right. some kind of big idea in that the way that I always set it up is here's the tension, here's what this matters in your life, right? So uncertainty. Here's the resolve. Here's what the scriptures say about it. And here's the vision. Here's what our life would look like if that's the case. So the tension was, our world is broken. We need certainty. And we need some of God's promises to be fulfilled in our life. We're all waiting for that. And most of us are suspicious that it might not happen. So let's see the evidence of where God fulfills these things. So that's the resolve. Here's what the scriptures say about our problem. And then the vision is, hey, uh, worship is our solution to worry. Praise is our prescription to pain. We We become what we worship. Right? So... Kind of in that, I knew that I'd get all the way okay. to the end. So maybe in the tension piece, let me just tell you what it is. It's kind of more of just a joke because I've been laying out the big idea each week. And most yeah. of those were a little bit more pithy and uh, more clear. This one wasn't at all. So <laughs> uh, it's probably more about my um, desire to be obnoxious than it was to be okay. this uh, clever orator.
0: Well, I did think it was clever, so well, thanks. that's that's thanks. what I was alluding to earlier, <laughs> I think, too. But um, one of the things that is interesting, so we just spent six weeks, 80 verses, working through thanks, chapter I mean, did one Did you look
1: Luke. that up? Because I didn't know it was 80 verses. Did I'm you pretty, remember? No, nah, I just remembered yeah, it from the smart. last few, yeah, few yeah, weeks. That's so. right, it's 80.
0: But. So we worked through all of this scripture to finally get to the point, like, the whole reason why Luke is recording this is to give an account of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yet, when we get to Luke chapter two, it's like seven small little verses, and there is a lot to go over. Like oh, you, you went through here. that. Yeah. But at, at first glance, you look at it. It's like this: is the whole point is to talk about Jesus, so that we'd have certainty. But then, by the time we get to two, it's almost like, oh yeah, Jesus was born. Moving on. Now let's talk about the shepherds. And like, yeah. So it's amazing. I don't know. Is there any yeah, thoughts so to that? We
1: gotta understand Jesus is who he is. No. Yeah. So Luke is, co- I believe, coming about this for Theophilus and us. Of, yeah. <laughs> like. We're the ones who have to figure out what this means for us, right? And mm. so okay. Luke's focus is going to be other people's perspective of okay. this moment. So, Genesis, okay. our, our Luke chapter one is really important because we see kind of the backstory of people we can identify with yeah. Zechariah and Elizabeth. They have been let down.
0: Yeah.
1: God has not fulfilled the promises that they had through their life yet, right? And so, he kind of starts with someone we can identify with. Who can we identify with in the story? People who are suspicious of whether or not God is actually going to come through for us—just, I mean, you can be honest right now in your own soul—we're still suspicious of that. We think it's going to happen, and we think, okay, yeah, one day it's all an eternity, but maybe an eternity it'll get fixed. Maybe that's what Elizabeth and Zechariah kind of hold to. Okay, it all gets solved in heaven, but life just is going to be hard now. But no, God had a plan then, and so, so He's coming from it starting with, a, you know, a character study of uh, people that we know, like we have been. We've desired to give birth to something, right? Yeah. To life, to family, to kids, to a new job, and you know, a new endeavor. And we've just had moments in our life where we've been really disappointed. So mm-hmm. Elizabeth and Zachariah would be the type of people we can identify with. They would've been judged, the reputation, and then we then see on the other side this weak, vulnerable, innocent, and in, like capable of our own little girl. Like, yeah. I mean, you're talking about Mary, someone who just feel she's gotta feel really inadequate. Yeah. She she can't provide for herself, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, and she doesn't like, so that's the other side. We've all had unmet expectations, been let down, and we also, if we're real honest, feel pretty inadequate and helpless yeah. and out of control. Now, can you imagine being a 12-year-old girl who finds <laughs> out you're gonna birth the, the king of the world, right? Imagine how helpless. Can you, can
0: you, uh, can you even comprehend that? Like I, I can't like because I I've could. never been a 12-year-old girl.
1: <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, you know, like there is like yeah. that. So, so what we see here is, yes, he's gonna give us the picture of the fulfillment, but he is going to help Theophilus and us find some characters we identify with. That's the whole point of a story and allegory and parable. Whenever Jesus teaches the parable, by the way, Luke's the one who covers the most, right? Yeah. He wants you to identify with someone. Instead of just coming down with, Jesus is Lord, believe it now, right? Like. So it seems kind of unassuming that this little baby just is born. But Luke is going to come about this because God is writing the story through this brilliant man where we are going to start identifying with people. So what we're going to see next, week, really, really beautiful, is we are going to get to identify with the outcasts. Like yeah. the shepherds were, I mean, they were thugs and not respected. That is not a job you wanted. And we'll yeah. work through why it was a job versus back in the day, but not anymore. It has to do with Greek culture, and Roman culture. But regardless, what Luke is continuing to do is not obviously the whole story is about Jesus but the whole goal is Jesus and us forever yeah. so Jesus knows he's God right like he's not <laughs> like hey you gotta talk more about me yeah, that's true. he wants everybody to believe he's God so this unassuming message is going okay he's born meaning the fulfillment happened right. and
0: no yeah. one was even aware Yeah.
1: the beauty of hmm. this humble story is it just kind of happened in the middle of the night Yeah. in the middle of nowhere Yeah. nobody knew no one was expecting it and all of a sudden the king of the world just showed up on this earth and nothing, just a baby in a manger. Right? I mean, there's just, so there's something to think about. Oh my God. Celebrated by shepherds. And this is where I just point out, like, if you are a real God and you're trying to write your own story, this isn't the story you write. No, that's right. Right? Like, I'm telling you, if my son is born as the God of the universe, he is showing up and he's going to be wearing bedazzled stuff, right? He's going to be glowing. It's going to be like this big, massive moment. That's my boy, right? Like, here he is. He's God. But
0: my son's not God. Well, God does do something like that. Not to get too Oh my God, this is my. Yeah, so you'll get these. But even with the angels, right? Yeah. With the shepherds. First? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're singing and saying it. So
1: there's some pageantry, but this little baby's just over yeah. there by himself. Yeah. And so I think that's what you got to see here. Is, this is where God's so gracious. It's yeah. all about Him, but in it being all about Him, it's also all about us yeah. because His goal is for back in the garden, Him and us forever. Yeah. So that's good. the goal is for us to see it. So I think yeah. my suspicion is He's wanting Theophilus to identify with some people in this. Okay. He's wanting the Holy Spirit wanting us to identify. So it makes sense to us. It's just pretty unassuming here.
0: Well, uh, that's good. But as we work through that too, one of the things that, again, like at first glance, it looks like there's very little, but then what you did is that you work through kind of the historical, political, genealogical. Yeah. like, so I'd, I'd like to kind of work through that. And I, I think as we work through those kind of words yeah. that you said, we'll probably work through the scripture, but it's again, Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. So yeah. you can follow along with if you uh, you know, yeah. are listening to this. So Luke one through seven and I, I guess what I want to do is just pull out the words that you talked yeah. about. So the historical significance there. What what was that? And I don't I don't know how much I mean you determine how much yeah. you want to retell. Yeah, but so
1: is adjectives really, really good and historical matters because this is a real story. Yeah. And real human history. Now the Bible is not a history book. Yeah. It's not a science book. It's not those things. It is a book about God's heart. It's a love letter from God mm-hmm. to his people about his promise and his fulfillment. But it actually happens in real human history. The story yeah. of God is actually playing out in humans' life. The story of God right now is playing out in the middle of 2020. Yeah. still part of it. He's bending and shaping it the same way he was doing it 2,000 years ago. He's still doing that now. And so it's pretty important to go... These are real people. Like, this is a real story. This is not myth, folklore, or legend. And that's kind of where we get to a lot of times. Oh, it's a cute story. There's lots of allegory. No. These are real people. And Luke wants us to know that because he calls the real people by name. Yeah. Right? He... We know who Augustus Caesar is. I showed you pictures of him this weekend because there's still pictures of him 2,000 years later. Quirinius has a statue of his, you know, he's not very happy in it. He doesn't have eyeballs. (laughs) Kind of creepy. But there's a statue of his bust, right? Like, I mean, like that. Anyway, sorry. So there's a a statue of him, right? And so, like, these are real people. And so, historically, what you got to see there, and this is kind of, you know, tertiary or like a third point in the big idea or fourth or wherever we are there. That God is always bending and shaping Mm. this, right? And so like he is taking these thugs, and we'll get to that in political, these selfish, righteous, self-righteous people who see people in their power and they see it as a way by which they can gain more stuff. That's the problem with so much of brokenness in our world. We don't see people as individuals, right? Mm. We see them as a means to our end, right? right? Mm. So much of our broken culture for 400 years and America has been seeing African-Americans as a means to our end, as less hmm. than human. And so we see that here. And yet, yet somehow, God is not wasting it. Yeah, right. So these guys are not trying to honor Jesus, not trying to usher him into the world, and yet God is, God has not ta- taken his fingerprints off of human history. Right. So when Luke gives us the Theophilus and he gives it to us, we go. Those are real people and real human history. And these are people who literally were blaspheming God and God's still going I want to use them to write my story right and so that's the piece of the history I think is really important here is God does not waste history he is not gonna waste anything. He is a perfect steward of every single moment. Yeah. So that's this moment. You listening to this right now. He's a perfect steward of this. There's mm-hmm. something in this for you, right? And he's a perfect steward of every single moment. And so gotta see that he's gonna use these two guys and real history, real people, and yeah. God is writing his story of fulfillment of all of his promises. Still same story. He's still writing the story of absolute fulfillment. One yeah. day no more pain, no more sorrow. Every tear will be wiped away. That will be a fulfillment. And how does he go about it? He, he writes it in human history. Yeah. So I think that's the piece you got to see there.
0: And one of the things that you had mentioned before is that, it, like, Luke is so concise, but he's also so detailed as yeah. well, right? Like, it's when Quintarius was governor. like yeah, you know, I think yeah, yeah, name, like yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I just yeah, said. Yeah, so
1: the way that you would see that, right, thanks for bringing that up, is like, these are footnotes, right? Yeah, right. So when I wrote my graduate-level stuff, i got to document everything, right? Yeah, like, right. like so you would have a footnote, yeah. and then, our, you know... a a, a work cited page and you would show what page this is on all this kind of stuff and so you'll know, see this throughout Luke that Luke is going check me on this yeah, right. right here is the checks right. and balances this is beautiful journalism Of he is yeah. he is using his sources and he's you know, p- presenting it in front of us as here's the real people in this yeah. story so that in, in 60 uh, you know 60, 70, 80 Jesus has lived he's died he's been resurrected and people are living their life They would be like, Oh, I know that moment. I remember that. Oh, I remember when J F K was shot. Oh my gosh. I heard my grandfather talk about having to go back to, you know, the the place that Joseph was because he was in that lineage. And so this for the timely piece, these are people who would have thought about that moment and gone, Oh, that's a I know exactly when that
0: was. So pretty neat to think about So
1: we don't think about that two thousand years later, but this is really helpful Mm -hmm. because if this isn't true, or if this isn't happening, the people in you know, 75 A.D. would go, he's a liar. Yeah, right. That didn't happen. He right. just made this up. And so there is some evidence in that. That's why there's so much validity. The bibliographic test is kind of going, hey, was there actually people there? Were there eyewitnesses? Right. And was there very Can little we- time between when it was written and would those people have been able to object because they would have been right. there? Yep, they could have, and they didn't. And uh, Josephus, who is not a Christian, a Jewish historian, is also going to kind of yeah. lay out the same story of Quirinius and Caesar Augustus, Julius yeah. Caesar, all these kind of guys. So, yeah, you
0: know. so I think that that's an important thing to point out. So the next thing that you talked about, was it being political? Um, what, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so um, oh, so uh, having her pertaining to politics, right? Like yeah. And politics is... But uh, what did the
0: politics look like in that day?
1: Yeah, yeah, so... Um, The same as they look today and man this is offensive and if you're a politician maybe this is not how you go and i really appreciate that and i think we need more christians Mm -hmm. in the middle of policy and politics and all those things because there there's a mess in our world and um at the highest levels there is a suspicion that um people in political office while they talk about you know working in service for their country a lot of it is working in service for their own gain or the gain of the people that they want to influence, right? So that's why lobbyists, all sorts of stuff, is just so messy in the political realm. And politics is this kind of idea that you're trying to figure out how to maneuver people for a specific objective. And so politically, uh, that's what was happening. They are literally playing chess with humans in this. You know, and the chess match they're playing is they're going to demand that they go back to their place so that they can count them, so that they can tax them, make sure they can be taxed, and make sure if they're a dude, that they can be ready for a fight mm. if, if necessary. So the, the political gain in this, like the the, the reason for Caesar Augustus and Corinius would have been just two things. Money. How do we get more money for yep. ourselves? So these people exist for us. So, um, and how do we have protection and power where these oh, yeah. folks can defend another empire? Because that's one of the crazy things. If you read throughout human history, there are terrible people who conquer and stuff. Yeah, But what happens in all these stories, you can read it in the Old Testament too, there becomes this angst and anxiety that kind of um, infills these folks because they get all this stuff and, you know, we do it too. Like, And and they, even the good stuff in our life, there's just this fear that someone's going to take it away, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, part of it was gaining and taking new territory. The other part was this anxiety of making sure that people would stay loyal to you, demand it, and making sure you're ready for attack. Mm-hmm. So this would just been how empires work. There is an yeah. emperor, and those have been their focus. How do we get more resources from our people, and how do we make sure we're ready um, for comfort and security if something yeah. were to come? So yeah. that. So again, those aren't good things. Those are yeah, bad right. things. These these are terrible human beings telling people they should worship his great grand uncle and his daddy. You know, and say that he's a deity. So these are people that are literally living a life and opposite of the way that Jesus is going to live. Like. Jesus came to seek and save that was lost and to serve, right? And so these are folks that say, hey, no, no, what you exist for my purpose, and Jesus goes, My existence on the in this world is for God's purpose, and God's purpose is you and him forever. Mm -hmm. So I think the political piece is just something gonna point out and go, Hey, it's pretty nice to think about that because God knew that Caesar Augustus was gonna be the ruler of the empire. God knew that Corinius would be the governor, right? right? Like in fact. It's possible God, well, we know God allowed it. He may yeah. have even ordained it. Yeah. So there is something about going, hey, let's not Let's not put too much stock mm-hmm. in the presidential election. Not that you shouldn't vote, not that you shouldn't do that, but like this idea that a party or a president has full reign mm-hmm. and power is a lot yeah, because right. God rules and reigns over that, right. which is why what you'll start hearing about in the next couple of weeks is going to kind of transition, still going to be in the Gospel of Luke, yeah. but kind of the... And you know, now it's got Luke's gospel that you may have certainty. What you'll see kind of show up in the next week or two. It'll feel a little uncomfortable. I'm but excited I for it. It'd uh, be helpful is the, the same messages, same material, but kind of the the the, the title of the series is Jesus for President. Yeah. Right. How do we help focus all of our folks on Jesus as the ruler and right. reign or right. of our, our of our kingdom that we live in? How do we live in God's kingdom in the right. here and now? So right. I think it's important to go. Yep. Lots going on politically because. Uh, A lot was going on politically then. These folks were terrible. And, you know, by the way, there's a lot of disappointment in our world and America right now. And there's lots of vitriol. And I just would just say, guys, this isn't the first time that uh, the media or whoever is saying our country is about to fall apart. I mean, you can go back and read, you know, the Cold War in the 80s, go back to the 60s. Go back to the 40s. Go back to the 20s. Yeah. This is this is just a you know a, a cyclical pa- uh, you know pattern right. that just happens. And God exists above those things. Right. And Jesus is still Lord over all those things. Right. So, right. That,
0: that should bring comfort too. Yeah. Uh, so the gene- genealogical part. What what's the significance of uh, what is it? Verse two or three? It says. Yes yeah, so over now all Verse registered two. Uh, to his own town. So yeah, what? It, uh, verse three. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So.
1: Uh, this is like logging into ancestry.com and figuring out where your where your daddy's 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 daddy uh, daddy is from. Um, Are you saying Diddy? Daddy. Oh, daddy. daddy. Okay. That sounds like, like how you're, you're
0: saying Diddy. I, he's just a rapper.
1: Oh no. Is that his name anymore? No, it's not. P Diddy. Is that? Okay. Well, it was. I don't I remember. That. I don't know. It is. But anyway, no. That's how you say um, dad and okay. southern. Okay. My so, daddy. My granddaddy. Diddy. diddy. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, in that there's there's just something to go. Man, like so interesting that for hundreds and thousands of years this is just how uh how people knew their land to be mm. like i mean you can go back to jacob's well and you can go back to yeah, the, right. the land that he established you can go all the way back to abraham and you know and lot you know like these people had like uh you know i don't know the word I almost i think a combine like i want to be careful with the word plantation because it's just okay. like the connotations of it. So i don't know what the proper word is there but like a you know like a a homestead. There yeah, you go. That's okay. what it is. Like the same way Thomas McKean has a homestead, okay. down the road, and we have opinions about that, but we know where it is. And so that would just been established. Like for the most part, like if you even go back through Jewish history, one of the hard things that's happening in the first uh, century is that Jews are don't have a lot of ways to make money, right? And so one, and they have to pay temple taxes and all this stuff, and it gets more and more expensive, and they would have to go into debt. And the way that they would go to debt, go into debt, is they would actually um, lease their land to Roman officials, right? And then they couldn't pay back the lease and then they lose their land. And so there's just a lot going on with deeds and deed transfers. And so a lot going on here, but the genealogical piece is God, throughout human history was riding away by which people would find their identity and their um, their family reunions, all those things would always be back in these, these home fronts. So I talked yeah. about David had a piece of land where he tended, like from Jesse, you know, yeah. his dad. And there'd been a place that he would have uh, tended sheep and you know, there'd been a place that his family would have lived and family reunions. And so <laughs> as you see that, this is just going, hey, this is genealogical, how it would have happened. Jews were very familiar with this, that there was their home and that home existed from wherever their highest of patriarch that they can identify would have lived. Okay. So not a lot there. I, actually, in the first round, that's so have this genealogical. Was,
0: is it, so is this more for just record keeping of the individuals? I guess my question is, what does Rome care about them going to their home? Couldn't they just like fill that out on a form or something? Is there a significance to that or am I just like reading too deep yeah, into Yeah,
1: so you think, oh, is there a Google form? It's a lot more complicated than that because you have to have a system and structure by which people keep up with that. Yeah. And so the best way to keep up, the best way to keep up with it is in, uh, in the thing that doesn't change, right? You okay. can't keep up with it with a donkey because a donkey dies. Okay. You can't even keep up with a marriage because marriages, you know, end, right? People die. Okay. And so the one thing since the beginning of the world that hasn't changed there's been land and it's yeah. been created. That's why we know that you invest in property because you can't make more of it. So yeah. it, it's just a stable way by which people can go, okay, we can put that push pin and that family in okay. that location. Okay. But if they're going to do that, it would make sense that the way about what you did it is have people who are actually aware of the locations. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense that someone in Nazareth would go tell someone in Nazareth about who they are and why their property is in Bethlehem. Okay. The people okay. in Nazareth are going, I've never been to Bethlehem. Yeah. I wouldn't know what that is. I wouldn't know to put your family in that. And so it would have been all the people that come from that okay. square of land, right? So it would be like, I mean, really it's, um, I don't know if you've ever, you know, did you do baseball cards, football cards? Uh, yeah, for seasons. One of for the sure most seasons. common yeah. ways to sort people, right? There's lots of different things. What you do is either you do it by the... The type of card tops, year, that kind of stuff. But one of the major ways people do is they go, "Let me put all my eagles yeah, together. Right. Let me put all my ravens together. Right? Let me put all my cowboys together." And so that's how they would. That's how you sort that. You have to create yeah. some system okay. to sort. So this would be: here's this square piece of land. Now let's put all the people in that yeah. land. So okay. it's just. It's more okay. for making sure every single okay. person is um, identified and. Uh, and counted. Okay. So that I think is. Yeah, Brian that Morton. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get that. I just didn't know if there's yeah.
0: anything deeper there. Um, okay, so the prophetical, like, uh, w- this I, is verse four.
1: Yeah, you know, you talked about it in a sermon a while back. That you know, that study in Texas about the silver dollar and all kind right. sort of things. Like, it's real easy not to think too much about that, but we cannot like for these people in the, the first century. It's a little weird for us because we've kind of seen we step back and see the whole picture, like. They would have known these passages, but they're right. happening to them in the moment. Right. So these prophecies would have been very significant. Like, yeah. like we think about yeah. it. Um, it was a couple of years back where everybody went and bought welders and those glasses because they wanted to see that time when uh, the, the eclipse, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, it's like, oh, we're here in that human history. I grew up um, in South Georgia, Florida, and one of the big things were the... Shuttle launches, like yeah. even when we're down, because you want to be there in that moment where it happens. Like, there's just something about knowing the moment. Well, this is really important because these are people, like everybody. Can go, where were you at nine eleven? Can mark it, right? Yeah. Where were you at such and such? Like, there's just things there in our life that we go, I was there on the timeline that yeah. happened. Yeah. So, here in the prophetical was so amazing, and what they had been so excited about and drawn to is living in the time of. Prophecy yeah. that seven hundred years and thousands of years earlier, God was making promises, and all of a sudden they get to be there in the fulfillment. Yeah. So this would not have been lost on them, right? Yeah. Mary would have thought, "I am a virgin. What in the world? Oh my gosh, I am as is Isaiah, Isaiah seven. It's yeah. me. I'm the, I'm the I'm the virgin, right?" And right. so as Joseph and Mary are walking there, and they're going, "I guess we gotta go to Bethlehem." And they're going, <laughs> "What? I, like it says, is Micah? I'm yeah, we're the."
0: You know, like there just yeah. been something that had been so amazing about just God do you think, writing the story. Do you think yeah. they, they identified it in the moment? Because what we see is that Luke has the luxury of of years later collecting that and being able to talk to Mary. Like, And this is speculation. Like, how do we answer that question? But yeah. in the moment, do you think that they understood and they knew? Or do you think it was more of a, wow, we had to go to Bethlehem. And I'm reminded of this passage that tells it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so a little bit further in um uh, Luke, maybe in a couple of other places, But After the baby happens, the shepherds come and Mary it says measure Mary treasured. Yeah. All these things. Yeah. I think these are the things. Mm. Like just treasured, not just the baby being there, these people coming to worship him, but yeah. just treasuring the story. Like yeah. all these things. I think I, in fact I need to look up that. And I'll get I'll make sure I do some good work there before I teach it. But I'm curious to even that and the Greek what that word means. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. seems like yeah, and that's why I always Joe. Yeah, I'm just Mary. Did you too. know? Of course, she knew, right? Because Isaiah seven, you know. But yeah. anyway, I don't. That's just my own opinion there. But anyway, you see all these things. So I think that's yeah. the treasure of these things. So I think, I think they are, and other people are connecting the dots to the point yeah. where other people are connecting the dots, like Herod, yeah. because he's like, we got to murder all these firstborn right, sons. we right. we heard about this prophecy. We didn't know it'd be true, but now we're hearing it came, and people are responding to yeah. this fulfillment of the prophecy, and so. Yeah. That one's real significant here yeah. of just being able to trust that God's always writing a story and it always is for the, our good, right? This yeah. is God's providence, bending and shaping all things. Like his hand and his eyes and his heart are involved in yeah. the whole story at all times. So. Yeah,
0: that's that's a good, really good point with Herod. That's right. Like there, were, there was a reason he was fearful yeah. that he made that decree, yeah. right? Okay, so that's good. Uh, so then the next one, so we get to uh, verse 5, geographical and, and uh, topographical.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how that um, worked for you guys online. I want you to hear this. We understand that many of you will stay online for quite some time. That's okay. Yeah. And we're we're going to do everything we can. In fact, part of welcoming people back indoors is to kind of do the filming before a live studio audience. So oh, yeah. it seems more genuine than just talking to a camera. But a lot of that is being mindful of uh, those of you that aren't present in the, in, in, like, in the actual room. How do we create yeah. an environment that you can learn and do that? So not sure how well you were able to see the maps and i've talked about it in the past but the geographical piece is this is hard not simple and it's very complicated right this is a very pregnant woman yeah. who is not going to make a hundred mile journey yeah so i want you to see the journey i wish i could have shown you the pictures of the desert land like okay it is it is it's not flat it's not, there's so much elevation change like mm. Like, right now, um, uh, Julie and I, we have one car. My engine blew on the Jeep. My, it's just what it is. Part of life. Uh, and, but, you know, like I've been wrestling with, do I just ride my road bike to work. I'm a little mm. nervous about the curved roads. And it's also like, that's 30 minutes, and I'll get sweaty. And <laughs> You know, like, here I am in 2020 with access to a
0: bike while watching Amish people ride right on their scooters, you know, like, and yet I do. I will <laughs> buy you a scooter. If that's, if you're going to come to work on that, if you, yeah. I will buy you a scooter, okay. not an electric one, yeah, okay,
1: but just a scooter. That's what I said. Yeah. I wasn't I, talking about. Motorized. I'm glad that exists for your entertainment.
0: Sorry. I just yeah. thought I would really yeah. enjoy it. Nice. Please continue.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like, just think about that. Like just how lazy we are, you know, and how we hate inconvenience and, yeah. Guys, the story of the gospel is a an absolute mess of inconvenience. <laughs> Jesus put on the form of a baby. You get that, right? Like the whole story of the gospel is filled with not perfect circumstances. It's filled yeah. with chaos and mess and interruptions, right? We don't like chaos, we don't like mess, and we hate interruptions. Yeah. We have a plan, right? And so it's just important that we go these yeah. these folks were Like, the greatest tool of the gospel entering into this world. And it was hard. So, this idea of Jesus and Christianity is you pray a prayer, you get saved, God fixes all your problems, and it's all puppies and rainbows is A life in the pits of hell, right? And we've done a pretty poor job of that as the church of going, just ask Jesus in your life, in your heart, and your marriage will be great, right? Well, that's not exactly how it works, it's filled with chaos and brokenness. And so, at the the first or second or third interruption or mess, we just go, I don't have it in me, yeah. And so, we just have to. I feel like if we're prepared ahead of time, going, This is what it is, like Joseph and Mary were like, We're just about to travel 100 miles, we know the journey, we've been there before. Mary's really pregnant. That's going to stink on that donkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they knew what they were getting into, but they were so confident in who the Lord was, they were willing to get into it. Yeah. So right. it's more of you got to see that there is a there's a promise and there's a payoff, but there is a process in yeah. the middle of all that, that stuff. And so there is a promise and a fulfillment, but and there's a foreshadow, there we go. There's a foreshadowing and a fulfillment, but there is a lot of frustration in the middle. There's yeah. some F story, right? Foreshadowing fulfillment, frustration, right? And so you got to see that this is not a story of easy. This is a story of really, really hard, yeah. and yet it's still really good. Like I, I don't like um, Chronicles of Narnia. I don't get it. I, I don't do fantasy anyway. I know some you do, but there's that line that I'm familiar with uh, between Lucy and Aslan, or whatever it is. They're talking about Aslan. And they're like, um, "Hey, is he safe?" <laughs> and someone laughs and goes, "No, he's not safe, but he's good, right?" Mm-hmm. So like, this is. Guys, we can't shrink back. This is yeah. just the story. So that's first, true. it's geography. And if that's not enough, let's talk about topography, right? The idea that they're going up and down and around the mountain. Yeah. And it's cold and it's rainy. It's, all those complications. And I just think it's important as Luke shares with us that they're making that journey. we got to understand what they signed up for or yeah. what God called them to. And not even that they signed up for it. They didn't go, hey, we want to do this. Yeah, right. God called them to it, and they were submissive to that call, yeah, which is just where we are. you're called to this season you're called to 2020 you're called to COVID. you're called to all the complications of it so you ready to submit and go it is what it is this is not going to be an easy journey but god is going to be with us along the way that's where our church has to get to that's where our hearts yeah. have to get to where we're so confident in god's promises and his fulfillment that we are yeah. willing to walk in the middle of the frustration
0: it's, it's almost as you're talking what yeah. i was thinking is in in leadership terms i i've, I've heard that referred to as grit right like yeah there's a grit and it's like if yeah. god's called me to it then we're going to get through it yeah. i feel like that's a good word that i mean again in leadership circles like i think of the uh the summit leadership conference yeah. like that's where they talked about grit, where I've probably heard it discussed yeah, yeah, yeah. the most. Yeah, yeah. And so I just feel like, man, yeah, that's right. The, like, Mary and Joseph had a ton of grit. Yeah. Like, and again, the, to use kind of an illustration you are, like, I barely drive up to see my parents because I don't want to spend six hours in a car. Yeah. Like, Luckily, they're not Jesus, so yeah. it's not as important. As yeah, Jesus. Right, yeah, right. I'm not trying to say, but, but they traveled 100 miles on foot or donkey, right? Yeah. Like, most likely Joseph is walking on yeah. donkey while she's pregnant. It's pretty no. pretty yeah. amazing. That's yeah. that's some real grit. Right and there. by the
1: way, if if there's a characteristic you want for your children, it's that one. Yeah. Right. Like, so th- what a great season that God is so gracious to yeah. give us the opportunity to lead our children and our families and our spouses in pushing through. Yeah. Like on day three, they go, "Let's just not be counted." Yeah. You know, gosh, it's seventy more miles that way. It's just twenty five back. Yeah. You know, like at some point, they're going. We're going to see the payoff. Yeah. Like. We're going to see the payoffs,
0: yeah. All right, uh, I don't know what time once. Well, Forty-four minutes. Oh, yeah, we got sixteen okay. minutes. We're, we're doing okay. Great. We're, we're doing great. So uh, uh, biographical. Mm-hmm. So what is we get to verse six, and while they were there, the time came to give birth. Like, there it is. Boom. There's a sentence yeah. like Luke's been <laughs> working
1: yep. towards this. Yeah. Done. Uh, yeah. So they're about to have, like, and again, there's so much to think about here. Like this yeah. is messy and this is complicated and like, I, if you've been in a delivery room, like there's a lot more than. <laughs> And time for her to give birth. Right? I mean, nobody prepares you for these things. I mean, it's messy and it's complicated, but boy, does it build some real unity and excitement about family. And like, I can remember Julie did 35, 36 hours of labor. Wow. And our first child, we went on July 3rd. We thought for sure he was going to be born on July 4th. And we're okay. like, we're going to name him Freedom, right? <laughs> and was that really our, a
0: consideration? No, no Okay. No. So okay. I did
1: want to name him Max. But Julie's like, that's a dog's name. Sorry if you named your kid Max. So we actually have a dog named Max. I like it because I saw this messy-haired little kid. I'm like, that all came true. But we ended up with Briggs. That's Julie's mom's maiden name. We're okay. Southern. We like to name last names. But one thing that she would say all the time in this, because I remember, I remember walking in the hallways, my parents and Julie's parents were just sitting out there waiting, you know, like. But I can remember like almost being in the hallway, and every time she would have a contraction, she'd kind of pause, and it's almost like we we're dancing, and, and she was in pain for a long time, right, and. Um but she would say this mantra and it was so beautiful. It's pain equals progress. Josh, pain mm. equals progress. <laughs> like it's preparing for our child to enter. So there's just so much going on here, it's so much pain, so much complications, all that kind of stuff. But all that was about to enter into this mm. fulfillment. So there's all these things and that's where it's gonna we gotta pause for a second. This is a real family with a real child. Yeah. There is a biography here. Like there is a starting date. There is a birth date. Right. Like there is something that if he had a tombstone, which he doesn't, right, there would be that date on the tombstone. This is right. where his biography starts. And so we got we to gotta think about that and go... All of human history captures this dude. There is a real biography, and that's why I love C.S. thought. Like At some point, because he lived and he made some crazy claims, either he is li- a liar, lunatic, or lord. Either he yeah. is a liar, he is nuts, or he's lord. and You know, kind of a fourth one is, or a legend, right? Just kind of a yeah. story that's not real. And it's like, well, history captures that. So we have to come face-to-face with the human who calls himself yeah. God and make some... Uh, declarations, decisions about him, and so this is where it goes. This is a real person, and no matter what you do, you can't argue against that. Yeah. There isn't. Well, I don't. I care about Jesus. You have to have some kind of. Uh, you have to have some. You have to draw some kind of conclusion about him, mm-hmm. right? Because he did live. He did exist. Time changed as a result of him, and there is evidence that he was murdered on a Roman cross, and there is evidence that there is not a tomb that he lives in. There is no yeah. place of mourning for him, and so it's like you. The thing you can't do here is pretend like this is another TV show or yeah, a right. Marvel thing. Like, oh, this is not real. It's like, no, yeah. he has a biography. Yeah, didn't get to cover all that, but I think it's important to
0: kind of yeah. do that. That's so, good. Yeah, um, I think we've only got like two left, and we'll, we'll yeah. jump into that. So theological. Like, yeah, and so, so that's per where percent. the biography piece really
1: matters. We have, to, we have to make some kind of decision about who Jesus is, yeah. and our decision has to be informed by theology, right? Yeah. And that's where we have all these, you know, Uh, lies about this so no we stole this from pagan culture no pagans stole this story from genesis 3 and isaiah 7 right like that those are written long before you got greek and you know roman or whatever kind of mythology like those happened first to get that and the bible tells us he came from you know the ages of old or what is it i make sure i get that word right um actually uh uh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, from ancient days, right? Okay. Yeah. So from ancient days, so it says he is always there, and so we have to make draw some conclusions. And our conclusions, I would think, would lead more towards theology. How do we know about who God is? Was he? Was he God? Was he just a human? No. Well, he says he was God. He gets murdered for it. That's captured in all the biographies, Luke's and, you know, secular ones. So we have to so we have to kind of understand what's happening in these moments of him being fully man and fully God, right? That hypostatic union, the fact that he's like us, but he's not like us, but he wants us to be. That he is and he's not really, really foundational for how we engage with Jesus and respond to him. And so that is not a biographical thing. That is a theological thing yeah. that you have to come to some conclusion about Jesus' life as a result. And I would say the best way to form that conclusion is by studying God, and that's what theology is, the study of God, and more particularly studying all the gods, all the fake ones, and how they expect you and what they expect of you. So if you study all that stuff, if you believe there's a creator, which 75, 80, 90% of us believe in some kind of intelligent design, right? If you believe that, that's the study of hell, and now we have to come to some conclusions of how in the world does that God want to interact with his creation? Hmm. Does he want you to perform well? Does he want you to do things for him? Is he insecure? Is he unloving? Is he loving because he's needy? All those things. And where that's really helpful is this one worldview, as I said in the beginning completely distinguishes itself from every other worldview and that God does all the work and we know he does all the work because of the biography of Jesus so there is something in this good like the way by which you have to filter all this is through the fact that Jesus actually showed up and said he was a God and came back to life and if you believe that to be true then it distinguishes itself from every every other possible worldview out there
0: yeah okay that's good uh, last one, and then just kind of yeah. any final thoughts or anything. How are we doing? Yeah, we're doing we're good on time. Yeah. Um, so doxological. Yeah, yeah, so I love that.
1: Even this past week, um, we kind of went into the doxology. Like, yeah. Yeah, I grew up in a church that said it every single or sang it every single week. Many of you are pretty drawn to that song. Some of you are like, I'm not even talking about. Not, yeah. not a big deal either way. It just means the study of worship. Okay, how do how do our praise, praise, is what actually means. Sorry, not worship. The, the study of praise right and so we have to figure out kind of our response to all this right if he's not a liar he's not a lunatic and he's not a legend then therefore he's lord well mm-hmm. what does that mean for us Well what he tells us what luke's going to help us with the fulfillment piece for the next couple of years as we work through it is that jesus tells us kind of last thing before he he's about to be arrested and murdered he's going to pray for unity he's going to give us an understanding of how we abide in him but he says that he is going to a place that he wants us to be with him, right? He he gives us his goal, you and I forever, right? That's, that's kind of what saying. It's the whole goal. John chapter 14. Uh, do not let your hearts be troubled, right? Well, uh, believe in me, believe also in God. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't the case, I wouldn't have told you that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. Why? Because that where I am, you may be also. Mm-hmm. There is the crux of the whole story of mm-hmm. this God who wants you to be with him. And one of them goes, we don't know how to get there. How do you get there? That's Thomas and... He says, You do. I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. And so as we look at that, we gotta go, This whole world created by God where he wants us to be with him forever, well if he wants us to be with him forever and not ask that's like that soul, that part of you that you can't escape. Like, if it's gonna exist forever, which is so crazy and so complicated and yet true, theologically true, right? What kind of person do you want that person to be? Right, like that's this is what we're talking about when we think about eternal resurrected life. It's not just good. I get to go to heaven one day. It's going no. Like, what do you want to be in that? Like, yeah. do you want to be gracious and forgiving and loving and live life fully alive? Well, the way by which you do that is following the one who did, regardless of circumstances. He was filled with life and joy because he is where life comes from. And so, if he's the way, the truth, and life, then we go. Well, how do we tether ourselves? to the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, how do we how do we become like him and how do we mm-hmm. connect with him? Well, the scriptures are really, really clear. It's doxological. It's the way by which we praise him, worship him, because what you worship is what you become. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's really important to think about, kind of Romans 12, and I, I talk about this a lot, because I think it's just so pivotal this is where, you might be familiar with it, says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That literally is yeah. the same word we get for uh, it's renovation or repentance, changing the way you think, so that you can test and approve and understand God's will for your life. So how do we find that? And then, you know, Romans 12, uh, 2, you got this, uh, you have the, in view of God's mercy offer, I'm sorry, that's verse 2, do not conform, but verse 1, in view of God's mercy, we have to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. So, doxologically the way that we praise Jesus is to give him, ourselves to him. Um, You know, and I've heard it said, and it's a pretty clever statement, lots of people have said it. So, what that's saying in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, is that our job is to give ourselves back to him right so when it says in view of God's mercy what Paul's talking about because you see there there's the word therefore and they're really really important therefore in view of God's mercy when you see therefore in the scriptures good question to ask um, what's it there for right and so well what's it there for is Paul's just walked for 11 chapters of talking about how much destruction and pain and sorrow there is in this world and how we have become slaves to those things hmm. and then Jesus freed us for those, from those things. Like he literally came and unlocked the handcuffs, unlocked the door, and invited us into this new life, right? So in other words, in view of God's mercy, you got to walk away from that stuff. You don't have to live in that anymore. And you go, well, how do I not live in that? Well, it's by offering yourself back to God. You walk out of the cage, you throw down the handcuffs, and you tether yourself to Jesus. But the picture there is actually this kind of altar. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, for this is your spiritual or logical, is another translation of that, act of worshiping. The way by which we doctologically, you know, participate in, in worshiping Jesus is we actually give ourselves back to him. That's in singing. That's in our, our service, all those things. But the hard part of that is, man, that's that's really hard. And, that, and one of the things that people say and been saying for generations is the problem with this living sacrifice is that living sacrifices can crawl back off the altar. Right. And that's just what we've done, which kind of leads to what I want you to hear as we kind of wrap this up for the next few minutes is The way by which we become like Jesus is by worshiping Him, because we become what we worship. But that is really hard, and it is impossible to stay consistently. Mm -hmm. It just is. Like I'm, pastor, been a pastor for. 19 years, right? And it's still hard for me.
0: Yeah. I
1: think anybody who talks to you about this Christian life will talk about the, the geography of walking with Jesus and the topography of going up and, yeah. and down the mountains and wonder if he's going to do that. And the only solution I can find to continuing to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice is to do that with other people. Mm. The one thing I love about this, and we didn't get to talk about it this past weekend, is I'm so glad they had each other. Yeah, right. I'm so glad they both had, like, I'm so glad I was able to walk through 36 hours of labor and delivery with Julie, yeah. right? Because there were some times that I was discouraged and she would go pain equals progress, right? And there were some times that she was overwhelmed and I'm like, baby, we got this. like. The, the, Wow, our son is almost here. Like just yeah. a reminder of like the fulfillment of that. So I am convinced that the only way we do that is in community, which is why we are doubling and tripling down on convincing you that you should be in community. And by community, I mean a place that you're held accountable. Saying, I want to give myself to Jesus. You yeah. want to give yourself to Jesus. So let's commit to helping each other do it and reminding us of the road ahead and reminding us that there's only fulfillment. There will be a payoff, right? So that's accountability. That's an A. The second one is belonging. That's a B. You follow where this is going? I bet you can guess the sees next right this idea that we have to do this together one of the great struggles of our church and occupationally me as a pastor is I wish I could sit with all of you but I can't I can't like I have a family I have a wife and I, that's my first ministry, you're my ministry as well, but that's it, like I want to lead my wife well, I want to love my kids well, and I want my great, great, my goal in life, you hear me, is for my great, great grandchild to lead their child to Christ. Like I want this generations that people are just so committed to the gospel. That's why I told Megan Laugh and Nadine today, thank you so much for how you serve our children because my kids love the church, right? Right? And so really important to me, want that for all of us, but there is this thing that the only way by which that happens is if we have a sense of belonging to one Another, not you to me and me to you, but all of us collectively. So we hold each other accountable and we help each other belong. Right, long before we become like Jesus, we have a place to belong. Right, and the third one is we all get the opportunity to care. You get to be cared for, you get to care for other people. Right, and so the only solution to this doxology, this we become what we worship, is to lean in for the geography, go on the long journey, and go with it with other people. Right, and so uh, we, I'm convinced that the only way this works well is if we do it together. Hebrews 3, verse 13 says, encourage one another daily as long as it's today, so that no one becomes hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In other words, when you're walking on the rough terrain for weeks, right, it is easy to be hardened by that and go, God doesn't care. And it's going, no, no, no. We got to encourage one another daily. So that's where I implore you, right? I encourage you. I exhort you to go, you got to get Into community. You just got to. And so, if that's an online community at our church, if that's in someone's backyard, if that's in someone's front yard, if that's in our property, if that's in someone's house, that is the only solution for the long term will continue to offer yourself as a living sacrifice so yeah. I just to tell you you got to get in a group if you're watching this on facebook you can actually go to our website and you can click on the sign up page and there's yeah. a place you can fill out for groups like so if you want to do that right now would you just let us know lead a group join a group or if you want to write the second right and I, I double dog dare you to do it i'll call you chicken right <laughs> i double dog dare you with sugar on top and a cherry whatever that is i implore you to text the uh, the word uh, join j-o-i-n yeah. right because that's the solution this or if you're so brave to actually Participate in creating more space for people by leading a group. Yeah. You can text the word LEAD to 610-869-2140. So we want to make it as simple as possible. I mean, if you don't want to do that and you're watching on Facebook, just send us a message, whatever it is. Because we are convinced that the way by which this happens long term is for you and I and all of our church family to hold each other accountable, help each other belong, and make sure each other
0: we're all cared for each other. So. Yeah, well, good. Um, let's see, we got about two minutes left before we, we hit the hour yep. mark, so was there anything that didn't quite make it, or anything that you wanted to kind of land on as No, we, I think that's up? the
1: thing that I wish I could have spent more time on. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm just going to be very candid, I was really disappointed in, from Thursday and this weekend on the amount of folks who decided to sign up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, uh, Gary shared in staff meeting is there was a response, but it wasn't an overwhelming response. Mm-hmm. And I'm begging the Lord to make it an overwhelming response. Yeah. So if there's anything I wish I could have just camped out on more, it's going, guys, 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 yeah. our solution to this is actually to be in community with one another. And I understand it's hard, and I say it all over and over again, the same kind of analogy. Going, M- Many of you have had bad experience with letting people in, in your life, and they've betrayed you. I get that. Boy, do I get that. And yet, this is still the way by which God has uh, developed a plan that we hold each other enc- yeah. accountable. It's so what I explain over and over again: is look, we've all had bad haircuts. Yeah, it doesn't mean we don't get our haircut anymore. Well, I mean, I cut my own now, but it um, <laughs> looks pretty good today. But, um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean we don't get haircuts anymore. It just means we go and get a haircut somewhere else, right? right? So, like, right. maybe you had some community and it hurt. I get that, and I grieve the pain of it with you. But there's still the the goal in this the only solution i can find in the scriptures is that we're supposed to walk in this together and so please 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 hear me hear me hear me when i think the best decision you can make this week for you your family and your trajectory is to actually sign up to be in community right i promise you on your first day in heaven you will not regret the moment you sent that text mm. i promise you you won't so please 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 as a pastor who loves you deeply and wants the best for every single one of you the solution for that is got to be known, and you got to have some courage in that. And so the neat yeah. thing about courage is you don't need a lot of it. You just need like a half second, right? Yeah. Jump out of an airplane, you don't need a lot of courage. Just split half second. Yeah. Just text the word lead right now, Six one zero eight six nine two one four zero. I feel like I'm on a telethon right now. <laughs> just to, sorry about that, but it really is important, and yeah. I promise you, you won't regret it.
0: Yeah, so thank you again for joining us today. If you do have any questions, we'd love for you to be a part of kind of the ongoing dialogue of out, uh, Overtime. Yeah. almost called it yeah. Outbreak. Sorry, that was the youth ministry that I ran a while ago. So we'd love for you to be engaged in that. You can email us, Overtime at church, Or, again, you can text yeah. us, Overtime, to 610-869-2140. Um, let us know if you have any questions, like Texas, as you just heard, lead or join could be the keywords to Texas, the same number 610-869-2140. Um, but we would love to see you be in community and uh, I'll just, uh, add a personal testimony there of going, man, I, I love doing life alongside of oh, me the too. members of my small yeah, group. It's just uh, when COVID initially hit and we were limited to like 10 or less, we, you know, we took a break in our small group, but when we were finally able to do like 25, Um, man it was such a joy to just see people again and be able to to be in that obviously we used wisdom in that we will continue to use wisdom as a church as a whole to to make sure that we're doing things that honor one another and that also doesn't put anybody at risk so thanks so much for joining us we really hope that this is something that you're encouraged and challenged to go deeper in uh let us know if we can help or assist in any way and we'll see you next week see ya Bye.